Just want the power. That is what this is about. You're listening to What's Right with Sam and Ash, News Talk 840 KXNT. News today that the Department of Justice has moved to appeal a ruling that struck down the federal mask mandate on planes, trains, transit systems, Ubers, and the like. Uh, the CDC has issued a statement saying that at this time, an order requiring masking and indoor transportation corridor remains necessary for the public health. It's not about that. It's not that the, look, it's not that the masks are required, even that the CDC believes that the masks are required. It is about the future power and ability of the CDC to put in, you know, mandates like this and others uh, should the need, quote unquote, arise. And that's, they're admitting this, by the way, And I, and I've said this over and over again here, I think this is such a bad idea, legally speaking. And I I always look at these things as an attorney and I examine what are the pros and cons. And in litigation, when you file suit, uh, the outcome, right, is never guaranteed. Uh, There are a, a number of variables. And when you lose a case, I've mentioned a number of times here, the idea of setting precedent and I need to explain this uh, just quickly here, that, that w- what this means, right? When, when a case goes through the courts and there's a particular issue, and that issue goes all the way up to the highest court of the land. So if it is a, a state's issue here in Nevada, it goes all the way up to the Nevada Supreme Court. Here, this particular issue, it's not about masks, good or bad. What was what the litigation around the mask mandate that led to the ultimate decision was all about is is look, does the CDC even have the authority to do this? And in her decision, Judge Catherine Kimball Mizell goes through in a very detailed way why the CDC doesn't actually have the mandate that they're claiming. And in particular, that the CDC is taking authority that is really in the hands of Congress that Congress never intended to give to the CDC. And and there is a tension uh, that, that is a constitutional issue uh, that has to do between who's got the power to do certain things. Is it the executive branch, right? The CDC falls under the White House, or is it Congress? And this, if you study law and you look at constitutional law in particular, you realize that there are a lot of legal battles that, that have over the years been a, a tug and pull, a push and pull between Congress and the executive branch. This is one of them. The risk, of course, here is that this issue goes all the way up to the Supreme Court, And the Supreme Court decides definitively that the CDC doesn't have the power. And if that were to happen, right, if they were to to essentially side with the the judge down in Florida, in Tampa, that that put out this, I think it was 54, 55-page ruling, uh, then effectively they're done. And and, and the Biden administration, a Trump, a future Trump administration, a DeSantis administration, no one – could go back and do this, and it, and, it, and it forecloses the opportunity to come back and, and do more of this. So I, I think there's a risk. If I was advising Biden, I'd say let it go. Right now, it's ambiguous. You've got, you've got basically a district court judge making a decision, and it's, it's, it's not binding. 
But if you go through the Court of Appeals and, and gosh forbid, and end up at the Supreme Court, all of a sudden you have a, you, you have a nationally binding opinion on, a const- on an important constitutional question. In law, sometimes uh, being, leaving things vague can be of benefit. So it, what does this practically mean? Nothing. Don't worry. Just because you've heard that they're challenging this, uh, they are not asking the TSA to enforce this. So as of right now, uh, there will not be any enforcement. And I will also say that the United CEO and other executives from top airlines are saying that they don't think the federal mask mandate is going to come back. They don't think it's coming back. It's unlikely that it ever will return, is the direct quote from CEO Jack Kirby uh, from United. He acknowledged, of course, that the pandemic was ongoing, but he said airports now are much safer and will be able to carry on without many of the restrictions previously placed put in place to curb the spread of COVID-19. The Taking all of the legal mumbo-jumbo aside, the biggest challenge here is for the CDC to explain why people are able to sit in restaurants and, and be in a restaurant in a crowded cafe with no masks where there is not nearly the level of sophistication when it comes to air filtration and purification, but on an airplane they can't. And that's going to be one of the struggles, I think one of the technical struggles to say. And you're going to say, well, the restaurants are in states. Correct, but you have restaurants, of course, in the District of Columbia where you, you can still take your, your mask off to eat and, and be in there. So it's just you, you, there, there are areas of federal control that are not enforcing masks the way that masks are being enforced on airplanes. And arguably, right, this is what all the airlines are saying, it's so much safer on airplanes. Now, this opportunity, of course, with all of this going on, there was also an issue that someone during a press conference yesterday asked President Biden about, and he said, well, well, Mr. President, uh, we, we have this uh, Title 42 issue. Uh, now, Title 42, I, I'll remind you, is a Trump-era order that came about uh, when the, the beginning of COVID was, and it had to do with controls at the border. And effectively, Trump took the opportunity of COVID and, and tightened uh, border controls. And, uh, and that now is – the Biden administration has been in, in this probably about two weeks now. There's been controversy brewing about this because the Biden administration is looking to rescind this order and to eliminate it. So he gets asked – I want to play this for you here. This is audio of Joe Biden getting asked about – Title 42 immigration policy, and he answers about the mask mandate. Listen closely. Mr. President, on Title 42, sir, are you considering delaying lifting Title 42? No, what I'm considering is continuing to hear from my, uh, my uh, first of all, there's going to be an appeal by the Justice Department. Because as a matter of principle, we want to be able to be in a position where if, in fact, it is strongly concluded by the scientists that we need Title 42, that we'd be able to do that. But there has been no decision on extending Title 42. Now, the Internet has erupted over this, and everybody uh, is chiming in. Of course, he, he's answering the question wrong. Uh, now, either he misheard or his, you know, his mind wandered. Uh, it, it's not confidence-inspiring. It's a little bit of a rambly answer 
uh, it would be a fine answer if the reporter had asked him not about Title 42, but had asked him about the mask mandates. Now, I, I think the funny part about all of this is that the immediate aftermath of these comments, all of a sudden you have people flooding you know, the airwaves and, and, uh, and, and Twitter and whatnot, defending him, saying, well, Title 42 really also, that's the section that gives the CDC control, so he's really answering this the right way. And then about, what, two hours later, the Biden administration came out and said Biden misspoke on Title 42 immigration policy. So they corrected the record with a written statement, uh, which I think there's got to be somebody in the White House here who is literally their full-time job is mopping up after President Biden when he when he word drools all over himself. I, I This person, I remember when it used to be okay to have the circus come to town and elephants, you know, and that kind of thing. The guy following the elephant, cleaning up the, the you know, the droppings. Uh, that person in the Biden White House has to be very busy. A lot of typing, a lot of talking, uh, a lot of defending. And it's it's just it's it's a hot mess. So again, uh, look if somebody tells you, oh no 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 no, this is fine. It's just, he was referring to something else. His own administration came out and and issued a correction on that. So that is what's going on. And by the way, right? If Title Forty Two and Trump says, look, it's we've got a pandemic, so maybe not the best time to have people coming into the country on mass. And that's, I, I would always come back to this as being one of the most disingenuous things about the current administration. They want you and I, when we're sitting on a hospital-filtered air airplane where the air is cycled through every however many 70 seconds, they want us to be masked up and miserable, but they will let anybody across the southern border without so much as a health check. I mean, I remember, right, and we, we know a little bit of history of this country that we used to have a lot of legal immigration, I went through checkpoints, and they, they, if there was illness, they were held in quarantine and things like that. All of that out the window because COVID only matters when it comes to their power and when their power uh, can benefit from the flow of people. Well, then COVID doesn't matter, but it comes down to the power. It is all about the power, and it's time we took a stand. All right, I, I got to go here. Quick time out. Yeah, Jen Psaki, speaking of the elephant cleanup crew, Jen Psaki broke down in tears yesterday. This, uh, I can't, I, I'll play it for you. It's funny. What's right with Sam and Ash? News Talk 840 KXNT. Sam and Ash Injury Law has been named the official injury attorneys of the Henderson Silver Knights. Sam and Ash Injury Law, they care, they help, you win. 702-820-1234 or SamandAshLaw.com because you deserve what's right. All right, welcome back. What's right with Sam and Ash here on News Talk 840 KXNT. White House spokesperson Jen Psaki. Uh, she, wow, she did an interview, uh, where, where was this? I think on MSNBC. And she began crying on the Zoom interview. I mean, legitimately crying. I, it's long, but I want the entire context of what it is that she said. I want you to hear it. And I want to remind you, and I, and I, I'm going to do, when she is talking about this stuff, the exaggeration, the lying, the absolute, uh, I, I, I mean, demagoguery of this is, uh, to me, nakedly apparent. I will explain. 
in one moment. So here is Jen Psaki uh, talking about all these terrible things that we are doing to transgender kids and gay kids across the country, weaponizing them in a political culture war. Listen closely. Political games and harsh and cruel attempts at laws or laws that we're seeing in some states like Florida, that is not a reflection of the country moving to oppose LGBTQ plus communities. That is not what we see in data. That is not factual. Uh, and that is not where things stand. This is a political wedge issue and an attempt to win a culture war. And they're doing that in a way that is harsh and cruel uh, to a community of kids, especially. I'm, I'm like gonna get, uh, I'm gonna get emotional about this issue because I just, it's horrible. But, uh, but you know, it's it's like kids who are bullied and it's like all these leaders are, are taking steps to hurt them and hurt their lives and hurt their families. And you look at some of these laws in these states and it is going after parents who are in loving relationships, who have kids. It's completely outrageous. Sorry, I, I'm this, this is an issue that makes me completely crazy, but it is an issue that is a political wedge issue. It is not a reflection of where the country is. Okay, political... let, me turn, let me turn that off. So look, it goes on and on. It, first of all, this is not, Jen, the only issue that makes you completely crazy. For the record, uh, number two, I want to go back. I am an attorney. I look at words. I look at what laws say because that is my training. That's my career. It's what I do. So if if, if there were I, I've I, seven pages is what this Florida Parental Rights Bill, uh, HB 1557, uh, is all about the one that the left calls the don't say gay bill. It is, friends, a parental rights bill. I've read it through and through, and I urge you to do the same. This is, by the way, it's, there's no uh, hide the, you know, hide the ball on this. It's available online. So on page four of seven, in section three, line 97, it says this, and this is the part that everybody is, this is this is the so-called don't say gay part. And it's important because this answers the allegations that Jen, this total just BS crap that Jen is saying, it, it, it challenges it head on. So again, this is from the actual language of the legislation that was passed, HB 1557, Florida House uh, bill. And here is what it says, quote, Classroom instruction by school personnel or third parties on sexual orientation or gender identity, right? Those are our two, this is my commentary, those are two, you know, buzzword problem areas, right? Sexual orientation and gender identity, and the quote continues, may not occur in kindergarten through grade three, so from K to three, or in a manner that is not age-appropriate or developmentally appropriate for students in accordance with state standards. You can't instruct on it. Tell me where the logic... Take me through this, right? What's the? Explain to me the logical leap between kids who are in loving relation... who have, are the product of loving relationship with trans parents or kids that are trans in, with loving parents or not loving parents... Explain how this permits bullying. 
Because I am not aware of any school in the country at this point that does not have extensive rules about bullying. You know, it's 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 just it, I, look. I'm, I was born 1980. When I was in elementary school, it was we call it started in 86. Would have been when I was in the first grade. So it's been a while. And even when I went to school in California, we had very strict anti-bullying. But we but we were simply in, in kindergarten, <laughs> not in a place. And we still are not in a place where, where this type of instruction is appropriate. This is not about bullying. To claim that it is about bullying, to claim that this is legislation that is in, will encourage bullying, and it's, this is legislation that is so fundamentally common sense that it is absolutely 100% defensible. And makes this response to it, uh, in my view, completely, completely insane. Um, I, I, you know, I, I've, and I've obviously I've given this thought a lot of thought, and I, and I have disagreements with this uh, with some some uh, very close friends. Uh, but I, I, I look at this, and I, again, I, I, I was a kid. Uh, I have three kids, and I understand something about the maturity of the developmental maturity of kids as they progress through the ages, and every. Every year of a child's life, uh, there's there are big changes, right? So for me as an adult, for for us as adults, right? If we're you know fifty five to fifty six, there's not a big change. Thirteen to fourteen, fourteen to fifteen, uh, nine to ten, those are all big changes year over year. But one thing that is abundantly clear to me as a parent of kids growing up in this world of all things is that kids are extremely impressionable. And let's take the gender issue out of it for a moment, and let's take the the the, the sexuality argument and the and all of this. Let's take this all out of it. Before the Florida Parental Rights Bill came about, we collectively, as a society, agreed on things like social media, perhaps uh, being bad for kids, certainly at younger ages. And the reason why is. I think there again. I think there was agreement on this point: is that kids are very impressionable. There are things that can be suggested to kids uh, that um, you know that we as adults take and we are able to process and and think about and and reject, take or reject what we need from it. Kids are not equipped to do that. One of the things too about social media, I think we we recognize as parents, is that is that it's it's a it's um, you know, kids have to develop, and in a way where where they're uh, they're they're not being given ideas about who they are and what they are and what they should be or ought not to be, they need to figure that out and develop that out on their own. And what I what what my you know I I look at a lot of the stuff that's on TikTok and a lot of the stuff on Instagram, and I see kids right. I see kids that are even. I'll say this, even in middle school, and you know, you see the TikTok video, I'm coming out, I'm coming, I'm, I'm, you know, and fine, maybe that that person that's coming out on that video, it's a sincere expression of who they are. But most young developing kids look at that and they see the attention that they're getting, and it is very suggestive. And it's fundamentally problematic because. It inserts ideas that aren't ne- that the child is not necessarily equipped to handle, 
And this is not a transphobic or homophobic concern. This is this not what this is. It's a matter of protecting kids and letting them develop in an age-appropriate way. And the problem is that Team Jen Psaki and everybody on it, they, they don't want – it's not about bullying because I'm with her. Bullying kids is bad and is wrong and ought to be punished. But what this is about is it's about really indoctrinating kids when they are way too young to be discussing sexual issues. And that, I think, is something that we ought to be agreeing on. By the way, I think there's a silent majority of us that certainly do. And I'm taking hell for this right now, And I, I, but I, I will continue speaking out on this because I know many of you out there agree with me fundamentally on this. Okay, got to take a quick time out. What's Right with Sam and Ash back after this break. Comfortable and confident is how Sam and Ash Injury Law clients feel after the very first call. Comfortable knowing they have decades of personal injury experience. Confident there's reputation and trust to resolve cases and to do what's right. Sam and Ash Injury Law offers platinum legal service to anyone who contacts them. Quality matters. Integrity matters. Who you hire to protect and represent you matters. If you've been hurt in an accident, choose Sam and Ash Injury Law. 702-820-1234 or SamandAshLaw.com because you deserve what's right all right i don't even know what to make of this and i i I don't often come unprepared with a a direct opinion because i have two conflicting opinions here and i'm of course talking about the fight that broke out on an airplane uh with uh, mike tyson uh what's right with sam and ash here on news talk 840 kxnt we have all been on an airplane with an annoying fool and that, that is uh, what I saw on this video as I was in break here. Uh, I saw this video of this guy. He appears to be, I don't know, maybe 25, maybe 30. He's obviously drunk. Mike Tyson is sitting in the row in front of him. It appears to be first class on, a, on a, you know, maybe an international flight or a transcontinental flight. Uh, so these seats are fairly separated. Uh, from each other, but nonetheless, this the guy that ends up getting beaten is behind Tyson, and he is going on and on and on. We have video of it, of him basically getting and uh, going, standing up and leaning over and getting in Mike Tyson's face. And then the next video is of Mike Tyson having enough and basically beating the crap out of him on the airplane. Now, first off, don't do that. Don't ever beat up the guy because here's the problem. Legally speaking, right, just because somebody's annoying twit, you strike first, you use force, you use physical action, you're in the wrong, it's assault, and, and there's no justification for it legally. But sometimes the law does not always comport with our own sense of, of, of I don't know, just desserts, you know, <laughs> Uh, so, you know, th- this, in this case, I have to admit, folks, I, I have a, I have a touch of sympathy for Tyson. And I also spent, I, I, you know, I, I'm on airplanes all the time. I get on the airplane, I take out my book, I put in my ear pods, uh, AirPods. I, I, you know, I zone out. I, I, if I talk to you next, if you're sitting next to me, I'll talk to you and, and we can, but, but I don't, I just want to be left alone. It's already bad enough to be sandwiched in there and dealing with it and having the masks, you know, thankfully now, hopefully off forever. But I'm, I, 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 
it, there's always that one guy in the cabin or one gal that is that is going that is going bananas uh, and that's getting into somebody's face and and so I you know, this uh, this may very well by the way result in criminal charges uh, for Mike Tyson and uh, I, I run into Tyson here in town qu- quite a bit he he shows up in uh, to all the openings and all the stuff that I am obliged to go to. And so I've I've met him a handful of times. Nice guy, actually, very kind of a shy guy when you when you meet him and talk to him. Uh, but I, you know, I I, I I I saw the video. You ought to see it too. It's um, and then the guy is crying like a little weenie. I think that's the worst part about it. Look, if you get it, what were you thinking? <laughs> you were. Like, it's it's I don't know it's like the guy that jumps into the rhinoceros cage and and you know what what does he think is going to happen <laughs> ah fascinating to me this is absolutely fascinating all right the culture war I, and don't worry friends I'm gonna get to Pierce Morgan and Trump this is good I just want to mention this before I run out of time there's a university that had to pay a professor $400,000 because they disciplined him because this professor, Nick Merriweather, at Shawnee State University in Portsmouth, Ohio, was disciplined for referring to a trans student with the phrase, yes, sir. Apparently, in his philosophy class, Merriweather responded to the student by using the phrase, yes, sir. And once the class ended, the student asked Merriweather to use she, her pronouns when addressing her. But Merriweather refused to do so. This is uh, this is great. So then Merriweather didn't agree with the student's request. Student became belligerent, promised to get the professor fired. Now, uh, of course, the student had probably reasonable belief uh, to think that that would happen uh, based on this university. I, you look, most universities are always at the cutting edge of societal devolution. Uh, so this is uh, no doubt uh, something the university – and but, so they fought this case, right? And then they ultimately decided to just end it and settle it because they were losing. Now, the legal issue here is are the free speech rights of the professor, and also if the professor is tenured. They don't mention if he was. Uh, again, this is Nick Merriweather, professor at Shawnee State University. If he's tenured, there is a process that needs to run to, to remove tenure and to terminate uh, employment. And so they're, they're, you know, the university certainly has to follow certain rules, and the problem is that leftists, we know, don't like to follow the rules – when they believe that ends justify the means. And this, again, all of these issues with pronouns and and it's and and it is an effort, right, to get everyone to play by their rules. And I'm not advocating for not being respectful, but I also just you know, I again, it's like that fight with 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 Tyson. Like you, you get in somebody's face, you're not you're not it doesn't matter if somebody gets in your face. You can't just hit them. And if somebody does you wrong, somebody says something wrong to you. You think you just can get them fired? Is that the world you live in? If I use the wrong pronoun for you, I don't want to play your pronoun game. I, I'm I'm a she/her guy, and I'll just 
you know, he, she, whatever. I, that's my, that's, and I, you know, I'm exercising my right to say what I want. You have the right to take my job away? It's fascinating, isn't it? But I think that's what it is, and it reminds me so, so, so heavily of the cultural revolution in China, communism in Eastern Europe, where you had – and I'll say this, even, even National Socialism in Germany, right? You, you have a new regime come in, and they rewrite – the first thing they do is they rewrite the, the, all the vocabulary. And you have to use the right vocabulary, and if you don't use the right vocabulary, you're donezo. It's over. You're on the political outs. You lose your job. You lose your standing. You, you know, your kids don't go to college. I'm not exaggerating here. That literally happened, and if you don't believe me, read a book. So I, I, I see echoes of that in this, and I think that reasonable, sane people have to get loud and reject it. And people say, well, Sam, you've got a business, and you, you know, you, you've, you, you've got some certain amount of standing in the community, and you can be careful, Right? But I, I, I tell you, I think that it, uh, certainly uh, uh, the silent majority of you out there agree that this is banana. So I love the fact that they had to pay him money. Most of it had to do with attorney's fees. They dragged him through the course. This, this was going on since January of 2018, this thing with this professor. All right, you're listening to What's Right with Sam and Ash, News Talk 840 KXNT. Pierce Morgan, I want to get to this. Ah, Pierce, where do I begin? So... Uh, there is an enormous controversy today about the interview that Trump gave with Pierce, Pierce Morgan. Now, this controversy started yesterday when Pierce published a piece, I think it was in the New York Post, where he, he talked about the lead-up to the interview. And so what happened is, is that Trump agreed to do a 20-minute interview with Pierce Morgan at Mar-a-Lago in Florida. And when the interview was... Uh, was about to begin, somebody told Pierce well, that they had just given Trump a list of things, of terrible things that Pierce had written about Trump. And Trump you know, lost his temper and met with Pierce, but ultimately agreed to do the interview. So today, right, we, we, the interview happens, and Pierce releases this very edited 30-second clip, and the entire world goes bananas, goes nuts. Now, I want to get into this because Trump did something here that he, he's done before that all of you, if you ever give a, a news media report, if you ever give an interview to any reporter, you've got to follow the Trump rule. I'm going to tell you what the Trump rule is. You're probably thinking, well, I'm never going to give an interview. You never know that. You never know. You, somebody could call you. Hey, you know what? Maybe one of your relatives, unbeknownst to you, is doing you know a libs of Twitter account, and the Washington Post is going to show up on your doorstep asking about your relative. You want to follow the Trump rule. I will tell you what that is. Don't go anywhere. What's right with Sam and Ash? Back right after this. What's right with Sam and Ash? News Talk 840 KXNT. Another hour of radio excellence almost in the can. Look... Friends, I'm not surprised in the least by how this is all shaking out with the Pierce Morgan Trump interview. Pierce Morgan, of course, was able to sit down with Trump. Trump agreed to a 20-minute interview. It ended up being, I think, over almost an hour and a half. 
And the clip that Pierce teased, and he released either very first thing this morning or late last night, has Trump leaving at the end of the interview and seeming as if he's walking out. Now, this led a barrage of reporting that said things like grumpy Trumpy and thing, you know, Trump storms off and thin skin Trump and all this stuff. Drudge, you know, Matt Drudge, the dedicated Trump hater on the right, he dedicated, I think, his entire homepage to it for, for most of the morning. So I, uh, I of course, wanted to look at, at, the, at the raw data. I said, well, where's the interview? The interview itself doesn't come out until Monday. It'll come out in two parts, Monday and Tuesday. So we can't see the full interview. We haven't seen, I haven't seen the full interview. But we also know that Pierce Morgan himself came out and to say that Trump stormed out of the interview, and he said that, so he confirmed it. So we don't just have the little teaser, which in and of itself is not that bad. We have, we have the, the interviewer's own words. The Trump rule. Friends, if you ever, ever get interviewed by anybody in the media, I strongly suggest that you have someone or you yourself record at least audio of that interview in real time, and most importantly, the full audio of what happened, because that is exactly what Trump does. That's why I'm calling it the Trump rule. I'm, I, I think he's realized now how dishonest the media are, and I'll have more comments on that in a second. So he understands it's good to have your own record. As a lawyer, we do this. We're very big on records, right? If we have uh, a deposition taking place. There is a court reporter there taking down every single word. A lot of times if I'm deposing an important witness, I like to even have video. So I've got the person on video recorded. Plus I have the official court transcript. All of this is very critical. So here is, right? If you've heard that he's stormed off, you heard Pierce Morgan say that he stormed off. Here is the actual audio. And I know it's a little bit difficult to hear because it's it's being recorded from a distance. So just take a moment, turn up the sound here, and, and you'll listen to what the actual end of the interview sounded like. They're talking about the hole-in-one that Trump shot, a played in golf, and then about buying people drinks. Trump says, no, I don't, you know, I don't give I, – I don't drink, but I certainly would buy people a round of drinks and you know, celebrate the hole-in-one. And here is literally the ending – uh, the audio of the ending of the Pierce Morgan Donald Trump interview. Listen to this. Did you do that? Probably happened. That probably happened because I own the club. I'm sure it happened. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thank you. That was a great interview. Thank you very much. I appreciate Literally, they're both thanking each other, and it ends with Pierce Morgan saying, That was a great interview. Thank you very much. I don't know how to tell this uh, to you folks. I don't want to shock you uh, by saying anything here about this, but um, reporters lie. <laughs> Al Pierce is an interesting guy. He has a long history with Trump. Um, they, you know, used to be friends. Why? Well, there's a lot of times when I I deeply agree with Pierce and and have defended him. Uh, on topics such as Meghan Markle and uh, yeah, a few others. I mean, he is a, as far as leftists go, he is a <laughs> middle of the road to reasonable. And I remember during, you know, during the Trump administration, he wrote a 
weekly column, I think, for the Daily Mail. And, you know, and a lot of things he got right, a lot of things he got wrong about Trump. Uh, Some of the things that he wrote that were negative were, were, I think, fair, and a lot of what he wrote negative was not. But the issue here that is so desperate for for you all to understand, these – for for a guy like reporters, right, and particularly a guy like like Pierce Morgan, he – relies on controversy he needs ratings he needs viewers and he is good at getting them so what he recognizes is he wants people to watch his interview so he is ginning up controversy in order to get people to see the interview now you know who is also very good at this it's donald trump Donald Trump is brilliant. He might be one of the most adroit, capable, competent, uh, media-savvy politicians in the country. And so I want to give you an analysis here that is beyond just the headline. In my view, knowing Trump and knowing a little bit about Pierce Morgan, I suspect they're both playing this up. Yes, of course, Trump is notoriously thin-skinned. He doesn't like you know, any kind of uh, criticism. He fights back against criticism, I-, I would say, is actually a good way of explaining it. He also does want to get people to watch this interview. If it's just an interview with Donald Trump, people are not going to watch it as much as if there is drama and controversy surrounding it. And I promise you that no one understands this better than Trump himself. I, I really, I, I got to say, I really don't, I really think that there is something to that. So, no, yeah, no, of course. So I, I, I look at this and I, I say, this is, uh, this may well be a situation where uh, some of this is is being fanned by both sides and i i'm again i'm convinced that pierce morgan knows trump well enough to know that he he records these interviews and i think that pierce is smart enough to at the very least know that trump is going to respond and i know that trump wants to get attention to himself and he wants himself to be heard I have listened to some of the audio that was provided online to disprove the end of the interview and i am I look forward to seeing the interview because it is a reminder of how just brilliant Trump is and, frankly, how much I miss hearing from him. He really tackles a lot of the issues head on. I think the reason that the interview was an hour and a half and not 20 minutes was because Trump saw an opportunity to get the word out. And now with this, this at least for now, playing out as Pierce with egg on his face – and Trump, you know, the victor, having you know had the we call it, what would they call it? The kids, cool kids, would call it, you know, he has the receipts, right? Trump's got the receipts. So with that being the case, you know, this this certainly is um, is is now headed toward an interview that's going to come out Monday and Tuesday, and I, I think it's going to be one where 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 Trump gets his message out. And how do I know that some of this is? Uh, maybe perhaps a little bit canned or a little bit ginned up, is CNN.com, an article today 
how Pierce Morgan just handed Donald Trump an easy win. Directly confronted about his 2020 election loss, former President Donald Trump appeared to walk out of an interview with British journalist Pierce Morgan. Morgan tweeted the edited clip of 7.9 million Twitter followers, blah, 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 blah. It goes through the whole thing. And, and then, you know, it, it goes through how Trump basically got him. And it, the minute that CNN is, 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 ta- is reducing it to something this simple, I always say there's got to be more to it. And so, again, I, I look at this and I think, I, I, think, uh, I think both sides are very clever media manipulators. They know each other well. I think there's genuine hurt on Trump's part for Pierce being wrong and being um, a little nasty from time to time. But certainly, I'll tell you, certainly I think that this is, um, this is, this is, this is designed to get people to watch the interview. Okay. All right. We are almost out of time. This is how fast it goes. It's, it's absolutely crazy. I know we didn't get to Netflix. Netflix is bombing their, their stock. I think one fund alone, Ackerman, lost $400 million in 24 hours. And, and look, I, 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 basically people are saying, hey, Netflix, you don't, you don't have anything good to watch. And there's so much competition. I want to talk about this at some point. We've got to get into it because it's, it's fascinating how this all works. Uh, but look for some changes. And by the way, look for them to start cracking down if you share passwords because that's what's going to happen. They're going to come after you. They're going to need those, those subscription dollars. <laughs> Suddenly, it's going to be about revenue and not just about viewership numbers because they've been playing that racket for a while. They're going to come for your money, so be prepared to pay. What's Right with Sam and Ash. Food Friday tomorrow. We'll have John Curtis here. Look forward to that. Talk to you tomorrow.